0: Right about the time of YXL last year, and unfortunately, while you guys were all gathered here, and I was hoping to be with you uh, that week, and we had an adoption fall through, which is just devastating, absolutely devastating. Leading up to that time, if you could imagine, pretty much for three years straight, every single day, most days. desires of our heart, You know how much we want a child, how much we want a baby, and so we pray and pray and pray for three years, Lord, give us this child. And uh, during that time, as we continued to pray that prayer, as we had this this thing in front of our eyes, a good thing, that we longed for more than anything, a child, uh, the Lord began to press a verse upon our heart. And that verse was from Psalm 73, a verse that uh, some of you may be familiar with. And the psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? He's talking to the Lord. And there is nothing, there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. And that was was a, a verse that we really felt the Lord placed before us. A challenge to us. Are we couple are we a man and woman followers of Jesus who are able to say that to say even as we long for a child that there is really nothing nothing in this world that we desire more than God himself that he is the strength of our heart and he is our portion forever and so that's the journey that we've been on for about four years so here I am this year back with you guys And I actually brought a little show and tell. Um, This year, this is how God works. This is just so amazing. Not only do we have one child, but we now have two. So from 12 months ago, going from a failed adoption to now having two beautiful babies, a 10-month-old girl and a 19-month-old boy, Hannah and Jonah. And I am going to pass pictures around because I'm a proud dad, and that's kind of what I'm going to do. So there's no way I don't think this is going to make it around by the end of today's talk, because we don't have long, and I'll just send it around again tomorrow. Um, but you know what? This, this was a blessing beyond blessing. More than we prayed for, more than we ever imagined that God would give us. We were asking for one child, and he gave us two. But all along as we've been traveling this road, which is a rather difficult road, like I said, this this verse continually came to the forefront of our mind. And the Lord taught us to pray, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing, nothing that I desire besides you. And the reality that, that I want us to focus on as we come in here to these grace talks is the fact that you all know what it means to long for something. Every single one of you has something that you're longing for, that you're praying for, that you're desiring more than anything in the world. And sometimes we know the joy of having that prayer answered, and sometimes we know the arduous journey of waiting and disappointment. But Scripture tells us, and what Nicole and I experienced in this long four years, is that there is a blessing. We have a blessing that is even greater than those two little beautiful children that you're looking at. As wonderful as this gift is, there is a blessing that you and I possess that far surpasses that. I want you to open in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. We're kind of going to use Ephesians chapter 1 as a backbone um, to to our talks this week. Um, Not necessarily going to look at it in depth, um, but we're going to use it as a springboard and kind of a backbone uh, for what we're discussing. Somebody all the way in the back, when you find it, read Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 real loud. And you're in the back so everyone else can hear you. Just one, three. Real loud. Go for it. Yeah. So Paul opens up his letter to the Ephesians and he says, Blessed be, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has done what? What has he done? Blessed us. And how has He blessed us? With every spiritual blessing. With every spiritual blessing. And He's talking, He's going to go on in the rest of this uh, chapter here, down through verse 14, to enumerate those blessings, to tell us what these blessings look like. But He's talking about He's talking about the gift of salvation. So we come to Ephesians 1-3 and the question that I want to ask you guys from the very beginning is, how in the world How in the world do we take possession of spiritual blessings? How in the world do we receive anything from the Lord, whether it's the great gift of salvation or the blessing of children? Where does that come from? And that that could be answered in a couple different ways, right? Um, maybe, Maybe we acquire these blessings by force, right? I mean, this was kind of what Adam and Eve tried, right? this tree sitting in the garden we're in this nice beautiful garden and God says you can't eat of this tree and Satan comes along and he says did God really tell you not to eat of this particular tree he says you know the reason you guys realize the reason God doesn't want you to eat of this tree is because in the day that you eat of it you'll become like him and so he holds out the promise of blessing spiritual blessing Satan's dangling little spiritual blessings the desire to be like God out in front of Adam and Eve, right? And so what do they do? They take it by force, right? But maybe maybe we don't think that we acquire it by force. Maybe it's by our own merit, right? And this was the, this was the attitude of the Pharisees all throughout Scripture. Religious people, people who knew the law, people who desired to do the law, people who wanted to receive the blessing of God. But they did it by trying to earn it. Or perhaps it's by inheritance. Perhaps, simply because you were born into a believing family, baptized in a Presbyterian church, you don't have anything else to worry about. Perhaps that's the way we acquire these blessings. Or perhaps, perhaps it's just by our own decision. You know, Scripture talks a lot about faith. We're called to have faith. So perhaps we take hold of these blessings by our own free will. We reach out and we grab them. And what I want us to see as we look at Scripture is that the only way that you and I take possession of, Of spiritual blessings of these things that Paul is about to enumerate throughout Ephesians chapter 1 is by grace. The clear and consistent testimony of Scripture is that these things only come by grace. You and I talk a lot about grace but this week what I really want us to do here in these grace talks is to talk about what grace really means. One of the things that Chad said last night was that the further we go into the gospel the better it gets. You remember that illustration of the zoo you know and how John Randall thought that the goats were just so cool but you put a goat next to a gorilla and it just all the goat's glory seems to disappear, right? And so hopefully what we're going to do in these grace talks is go a little further into the gospel. Now. I have to warn you, what we're going to be doing here is a little more theological. There's going to be a lot of terms. So that question box, if I'm using terms, if I'm saying things that uh, don't make sense to you, put it in that question box or run me down later on. Um, um, open in, I'm going to throw out four verses here. Four volunteers in the back. Ephesians 2, 5... Be quick! Just raise your hand. All right, I I, all, I can't see faces. All I see is hands. So somebody look up Ephesians two five. Somebody look up Ephesians two eight and nine. Acts fifteen eleven, and Titus two eleven. And once you guys have those, real loud, read them for the rest of us. All right, that's not nearly loud enough. Not for me. Hopefully I'm not that quiet. Shout him out. All right, who's got the next one? All right, Acts 1511. Okay. And Titus 2. Titus 2, verse 11. All right. What do you hear in every single one of those verses? Grace, grace, grace. And the interesting thing about the way that we hear grace being used in every single one of those verses is that grace isn't simply the attitude of God that makes our salvation possible. You know, sometimes we say, yeah, God's gracious. He offers us salvation. But what we hear in every single one of those passages is that grace is not simply the attitude of God that makes salvation possible, but grace. Grace is actually depicted as a power, a force by which God saves sinners. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not of yourself, a gift of God. Grace in every single one of these passages is a force. It's God not simply holding out to his people an offer of salvation, but God doing everything first to last necessary to bring his people to redemption. One theologian says that the whole gospel is really summarized in the statement, God saves sinners. And if you get nothing else out of these grace talks, I want you to hold on to that little statement. God saves sinners. And if you have the, if you if you have your notebooks open to the talk, you're gonna open it up now because you can kind of read along as I'm as I'm talking. What do we mean? Basically, what I want to do over the next couple days is unpack what we mean by this statement: God saves sinners. And by that, what we're saying is that you and I, you and I contribute nothing to our salvation. Nothing at all. And if you can't hear me, just just look down. I'm going to read this here. God saves sinners. God, the triune Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, every member of the Trinity working in perfect harmony. does everything first to last that is involved in bringing man from death and sin to life and glory he plans it he accomplishes it he applies it he calls us he keeps us he justifies us he sanctifies us carries us on in perseverance God saves sinners sinners Men and women, as God finds them, guilty, vile, helpless, powerless, blind, and unable to do God's will or to better their spiritual condition in any way. God saves sinners. And basically, all I want to do over the next couple days is unpack that statement. God saves sinners. And in order to do that, the way I'm going to structure the grace talks, most, I think about half of you have been to YXL before, right? And so you kind of remember how the grace talks used to be structured, right? We looked at kind of the blessings of redemption, justification, sanctification, adoption, and glory, right? Over the course of four days. We're going to do something a little bit different. Over the course of these four days, what we want to do kind of use today as an introduction and then use the the following three days to outline the role of each member of the Trinity in accomplishing our redemption. What has the Father done for you? What has the Son done for you? What has the Spirit done for you in order to bring you a sinner, the chief of sinners, so that you can possess these spiritual blessings that Paul is talking about here in Ephesians chapter 1. And so our our, our real objective throughout these grace talks is to understand better the role that each member of the Trinity plays in the task of redemption. Um, And hopefully what will happen as we do this is as we come to a better understanding of God's role in our redemption. We come to a greater appreciation of the gospel. And we come to a greater appreciation of God and his glory. And as the and as our view of God begins to increase, our view of ourselves begins to decrease. And we begin to strip away little layers of pride. And little layers of self-righteousness that we try to hold on to. And we come to a place where we're able to acknowledge that we really do bring nothing to the table. We bring nothing to the table. But God, in his mercy, by his grace, brings sinners to redemption. Uh, look there at the uh, the outline of of the book of Ephesians. I want to read Ephesians 1 to you guys in its entirety. Uh, Like I said, this is kind of going to be our springboard for the rest of our talks. And uh, what I want you to hear in this passage is the role that each of the members plays. God the Father electing particular sinners from before the foundations of the earth god the son humbling himself becoming man and offering his body in order to redeem us and god the spirit calling and irresistibly drawing all those whom the father has chosen and whom the son has died for all right so open up if you're not there already open up to ephesians chapter 1 I'm going to begin in uh, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for our adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory? You know, as we, uh, I just want to close today by by sharing a little story with you guys. Um, a couple months ago, there was a, a story about a family locally here in New Mexico that was camping, and during this camping trip. The daughter got lost. She wandered away from camp, and her parents had no idea where she was. And you know, a half hour began to pass, and they were worried. An hour passed, two hours passed, and she wasn't anywhere in the vicinity. They couldn't figure out what happened. So after a little bit of time, they they, they call the uh, they call the ranger, and uh, the ranger looks that evening. Morning comes, their daughter is still gone. They notify the The police come in. And everybody begins looking for this girl, looking throughout the woods. Hopefully you guys paid attention in your orienteering class so we won't have to do this for any of you guys. But there's this huge, huge manhunt. This girl lost in the woods. Her parents, the police, the forest service, everybody throwing all of their resources all of their energy, all of their time, into finding this little girl. And finally, that next day they find her. They bring her in, and she meets her dad, and she runs up to her dad, and she says, Daddy, I'm so glad I found you. And in a lot of ways, the reality is that's the way that we treat God and that we think about the gospel. God, the glory of the gospel is that the triune God uses all of his resources in order to pursue us, in order to find us, in order to reclaim us. He's the one it's by grace that we have been saved. And the only thing that we can claim, the only thing that we possess ourselves, is our sin. And we sit out there in the middle of the woods, waiting, waiting for our Father to come and to find us. So that's, that's the journey that I want us to take, looking at the role that each of these, each of the members of the Trinity plays Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in bringing us, bringing sinners to faith and repentance. All right, Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for this week and we thank you for the time that we have to pour into your word and to think about your gospel. We do ask that you would protect us on uh, uh, as we go about our team building activities now. We pray that you would bless us the remainder of this day. We ask this all In the name of your son Jesus, amen.